Micro Megos Adam Pagione is a friendly guy. Looks like your classic ski bum. Wears a perennial stocking cap and a stubbly beard. He's always ready to hit the slopes. When he's not shredding powder. And I'm going to apologize for this pun in advance. He's shredding cheese. A New York transplant, he's the co-founder of Red Tractor Pizza. Adam has let his passion for natural and sustainable food shine by committing the restaurant to a unique farm-to-pizza philosophy. Most ingredients are organic, and everything that can be sourced from local farms is. Adam attests that this pays off in the form of exceptional flavor and health benefits. But he doesn't just want Red Tractor to be good for the patron's health. He wants it to support the wellness of the entire community. He loves to give back, and even thinks that it's the responsibility of business owners to practice philanthropy. But before we get into that, I'll let Adam say a little bit about where he came from. I grew up in New York State. I was born in a suburb of Manhattan, um, Nyack. I, my parents moved up north when I was two, um, right on the Canadian border. So, and basically call me Canadian. So yeah, the city definitely was a highlight of growing up, but was not an everyday type of thing. You know, it's a, I think seven and a half hour drive. Oh wow! Yeah, from where I grew up to Manhattan. I didn't even realize New York State was that big. New York is a huge state. Um, with that being said, yeah, I mean, I've always been drawn to the mountains. My family had a house in, in Tupper Lake, New York, um, right in the heart of the Adirondacks. And, um, there is mountains in New York and there is open space and the outdoors have always been a major aspect of my life. Um, and then, yeah, 2011, the mountains of the East coast got too small for me. The snow got too heavy. Adam isn't the first person in his family to be in the restaurant business. Before the family moved north, his father had owned a restaurant in New York City. It was sold long before Adam had a chance to work there, but he still attributes much of what he knows to his father. Yeah, my father owned a restaurant probably around the same age that I that I was when I started Red Tractor. And was that also a pizza restaurant? A pizza, more of a home-style Italian joint, though. He ran that with his mother and their, all their recipes. And so did you learn a lot from your father? I learned, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Cause I've always been such a, an against the grain of t- type of person as long as I can remember. So I've always never wanted to do what everyone else was doing. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, getting back to that question, my dad did teach me pretty much everything, even though I didn't want to accept that or believe it until I was, I guess, in my thirties, you know, and starting to realize, oh, wow, all this stuff is I'm doing now is what he did teach me. So, yeah, I mean, everything I know in a kitchen, you know, I was using a knife, making eggs when I was probably four or five. You know, he always had a garden. I was helping him in the garden, teaching me the importance of growing your own food and, you know, growing food that isn't um, produced with chemicals, how flavors are better with these processes. Yeah, I owe a lot to my father. He's my motivation and inspiration in this restaurant every day. The farm to pizza philosophy is a big thing here at Red Tractor. Was that really influential, that early 
experience with creating your own produce? Yeah, I would have to say 100%, right? Even like going back to that, you know, me being against the grain type of deal. Um, but seriously, looking back on it now is I'm 100% a product of my environment with my father being the chef and uh, a grow your own type of person. And then my mom being a pretty progressive, I guess, the easiest way to describe it is a hippie, I suppose, you know, so she had all those natural food and she's a vegetarian. Um, so that kind of coincided with the whole healthy aspect and growing your own and led me to where I am today. Absolutely. So moving ahead a little bit in your life, did you ever attend college? Yeah, you know, it's, it was kind of the, uh, you gotta, you gotta do the college thing. So yeah, I did attend college. I attended a few colleges in two different states, actually. <laughs> really? Why, why did you move around so much? Um, I'm a rambler, you know, uh, I, I like to move. I like new, um, I get bored easy, I suppose. And I just, um, it was a time in my life when I wasn't focused on, on those types of things. And academia has never been really my forte. When it comes down to it, I'm a grunt. You know, I like to be on the ground level. I like to be working hard with my hands. I like calluses and I like to feel, feel the pain of the grind. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just the school thing was never, never my thing. Um, you know, certain types of people go different yeah. ways. And what, what did you study while you were in school? Business. Though? Business. Yeah. So was it always sort of in the back of your head that you wanted to go into business someday? Yeah. Like just having that against the grain attitude was always like, I really can't work for anyone else. Um, so kind of that aspect, but I guess that wasn't really the, the point of me going to business school. I have some family that have, you know, pretty good positions around the country in business. And it was kind of like, well, if you get this degree, they can get you a job. Do you regret it on not getting a degree? doesn't necessarily sound like you do. No, not at all. Not one bit. I mean, I met some of the best friends of my life, you know, going to these three different schools that I'm still friends with now. Um, had some of the best times of my life. Um, and I think that experience was necessary to get me into the unique position I am today. I was talking about it with one of my best friends not too long ago, and we've been friends since like fourth grade, so we know each other really well. We've been through basically every single life experience together. And we were talking about Red Tractor Pizza, and he, he you know, from an outside eye, it's easier to see because you're not caught up in the day-to-day. -day. And he expressed that, you know, he sees every spot that I've ever worked in or every idea that I've ever had that was good. Mm -hmm is shining through in Red Tractor. All right. And so after your sort of college stint, how did you end up getting to Bozeman? What was, what was sort of the process of getting here? It's kind of a natural progression um, going, coming from the Adirondacks in New York and, you know, Whiteface Mountain, and there's some pretty good snow over there and doing this whole school thing and meeting some folks. And through that process, I met some folks that lived in Vermont and, uh, the mountains in Vermont, or snow is just a little bit better than New York. So I decided to move to Burlington, Vermont, and there's like six or seven mountains within an hour of them. Met a girl. Um, we started dating. She was about to graduate from the University of Vermont. Um, and we both were just the adventurous rambler type, and we wanted some adventure. And the mountains of the east got too small. The snow got too heavy. And we just started looking for places out west and, you know, obviously Colorado and California are kind of the go-tos. And then I just came home one day and just as random as random could be, she uh, said, would you ever think about moving somewhere else other than Colorado? And, and it was a big 3,000 mile move. So I said, sure, why not? Whatever. 
And one of her friends had mentioned this town in Montana called Bozeman. And uh, I said, Montana, whatever. I know Big Sky's there. Can't be too far away. Like, <laughs> let's just do it. And so we, we honestly, not, neither of us had ever been here. We didn't know anyone that had ever been here or anyone here. And so we just jumped on Craigslist, searched housing in Bozeman, Montana, and rented a house. You really sort of, you just moved across country following snow. Is that an accurate portrayal of <laughs> You know, your it's life? never been put to me like that before, but yes, that is as accurate <laughs> as it gets. Absolutely. When you first got here to Bozeman, what was your first move? I mean, did you immediately think, let's open a restaurant, or did you find something else to do? No, absolutely not. At that point in time, you know, I was still in that, that ski bum mindset. So no, we didn't do anything. We just skied for that <laughs> first year. Did you have a job at all, or were you? Yeah, just I got skiing? some job making sandwiches somewhere, and and then yeah, um, I've always been a uh, medical cannabis has always been appealing to me as well, and so there was actually a job posting on Craigslist for that, and I had no experience, and I went through the interview process, and they really liked me, and they said, you know, just we we got to go with someone else because of the experience factor. And, kind of the typical oh but if anything goes wrong you know we'll be sure to call you you know it's just kind of like yeah whatever i'm gonna go ski and so yeah like two months later this uh this this medical cannabis dispensary called me back and it said that the person they hired didn't work out and what were you doing at that job specifically i was the i started as an assistant grower um and they were just training me and then the head grower left and then they appointed me head grower and so i ran their whole grow room for two years Adam eventually got fed up with conflicting egos and left his job at that dispensary, deciding that he'd rather start his own. In order to pay the bills while he got the new business running, he started to look for a temporary job. He applied for an opening at Bozeman's Sola Cafe because he liked their philosophy of food and service and went for an interview with the owner, Tiffany Latch. The owner, who is now my business partner, as you said, Tiffany Latch, was doing interviews and so our, our interview kind of immediately went into talking about uh, opening a restaurant, I suppose. And so, yeah, over the course of that next month, you know, this interview turned into a, a three-hour conversation, which turned into another three-hour conversation. And Yeah, so you said the interview just sort of turned into a conversation about opening a restaurant. Yeah, How I think Tiffany, Tiffany had ideas. I mean, I'll, obviously, with my experience and my portfolio, I could, you know... My portfolio was ready to open a pizzeria in a second's notice. My experience, my menu, my managing skills. But yeah, and then just being the type of people that we are, very aggressive in our ways and entrepreneurs to the fullest of the definition, not scared of anything. You know, that interview turned into a conversation, turned into over the course of 33 days, turned into op actually opening Red Tractor Pizza. Ultimately, Adam made the final decision to open Red Tractor while he was in Savannah, Georgia during the holidays. While he was visiting with his mom, he got an email from Tiffany asking if he would be able to open the restaurant on short notice on January 6th. And I was like, well, I don't get back till the 30th, so that leaves me seven days to open a restaurant. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I got back on the 30th, took six days to uh, get this kitchen in order, my menu out, and we did it. Adam and I got to talking about why he thinks the Red Tractor model of local, sustainable, organic produce is so important. I wouldn't want to sell food to the public if it wasn't that way. I think it's probably the biggest problem in our society we have right now, and it's the root of all the problems, in my opinion, is the way we eat and the way we farm. Why do you think all the problems are with the way we eat? 
Oh. Because the majority of the people are eating nothing but fat, sugar, and salt, which is, you know, sugar is more addictive than cocaine, and it causes cancer 100%. gets stored in the body as fat. Refined sugar is not good for anyone or anything. I conducted some research into Adam's claims. Is sugar really more addictive than cocaine? Well, here is a summary of some recent findings. Individuals with a very high sugar intake in their diets have been found to have neurochemical adaptations in the brain similar to those observed in drug addicts. Additionally, research on lab rats has found that the animals prefer access to sugar more than cocaine, even those that have already developed a cocaine addiction. Looking at the second claim that sugar causes cancer, there isn't necessarily a direct connection between sugar and the development of cancerous tissue. However, there have been findings to suggest an indirect link between sugar consumption and cancer growth due to the fact that high levels of sugar in the diet can lead to the creation of more body fat, with high body fat being a recognized risk factor for many common cancers. I then went on to ask Adam for his thoughts on GMOs, genetically modified organisms, and the practice of factory farming. He definitely doesn't view such practices favorably, even calling them the destruction of our country at one point. However, in retrospect, he did admit that this might have been an exaggeration. Still, these are some of the concerns that he has with such practices. Starting with in the war, when they started enriching and stripping wheat of all its nutrients, to the way mass ag has stripped soil of its nutrients and modified flavors out of food. And then all of a sudden, in the last 20 years, there's all these intolerances and allergies. It's got to be directly related to the way we farm and chemicals, manipulations of uh, organisms. I wanted to push Adam on this a little more. It's no secret that the human population on the planet has exploded and that it continues to increase rapidly. One of the most compelling arguments I've heard on behalf of genetic modification is that it's necessary if we want to feed everyone, and that we may be at risk of substantial food shortages without engineering higher-yield crops. Adam doesn't see it like this at all. Instead, he thinks we need to shift our food paradigm. Well, you know, that's you'd be careful on that food shortage statement because we don't have food shortages. We choose to put our food into things that create shortages. So the United States farms enough grain to feed the world, but our dependence on beef destroys these these food crops. We we spend the the food that we grow that could literally feed the world goes to the beef that we raise. Raise all this food for people, and instantly there's no world hunger. Duh. Could it really be that simple? Probably not. Complex issues seldom are. But the fact of the matter is that globally, only 55% of all agricultural produce feeds people directly, with most of the remainder going to the production of livestock products like eggs, dairy, and beef, which, calorie for calorie, are inefficient nutritional avenues. However, another major cause of calorie loss is simple food waste, with close to 50% of total global food weight being thrown out or spoiled before anyone can consume it. GMOs probably aren't the be-all and end-all, and reducing our dependency on livestock will almost certainly have benefits. To finish things off, I asked about the future of Red Tractor Pizza. When Adam thinks about what might come next, he says that he'd love to see Red Tractor serve as a model for the new franchise of the future. A restaurant chain that is unified by a philosophy of food and service, but that is shaped by the community, 
and whose menu is determined by the produce available locally. Yeah, no, I think about this all the time. Uh, like the big goal would be to, you know, pave the way of the new restaurant or the new the new chain of the future. You know, that's obviously a lot of work. But it would be nice to show that you know you can have a restaurant that has multiple locations that the foundation is the same, but from there it's manipulated into the specific community or city that you're in. And so how how do we get there? I have no idea because I would need to be able to clone myself, I suppose, um, or find someone that's very uh, aggressive and outgoing and like-minded and you know willing to work hundred-hour weeks for basically nothing. So yeah, that, I mean, that's a big idea. The, the smaller end of that is to just stick around in Bozeman and just, you know, keep treating this community the way it's treated me and slowly organically growing. And, you know, when we get extra funds, we give it back. Yeah. And I think people of Bozeman really appreciate what you've done here for them. I think so. We've gotten pretty good reception. I've met a lot of good friends out of it. And do you think you'll be sticking with the restaurant forever or do you ever plan to do something else? Um, I would hope I would stick to the restaurant forever. But when my dad had a kid, he sold it. So who knows what will happen? <laughs> I can't imagine myself at this point in time not being involved with Bozeman and the community in some way, shape, or form. And this restaurant is the platform for that. Um, and I, I mean, at the end of the day, I love to cook food. And I love to cook food for people and specifically love to cook pizza for people. So I guess, yes, in the perfect world, I would love to be involved in this restaurant or a restaurant yeah. forever. Yeah, and it sounds like... You mentioned earlier that you really think of yourself as a wanderer, but it sounds like maybe you decided to stop wandering now that you've reached Bozeman. I could stay in Bozeman. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, times change people too, and it's, you know, I'm into my mid 30s at this point in time, so you gotta stop wandering sometime, I guess. You know, I would like to settle down and have a family. It's one, also one of my missions and goals for life, so. What do you think it is that's so special about Bozeman? Just for wanting to live here and also for having a business here. I, you know, it's, uh, I think a part of any success is right place, right time. And I just happened to hit Bozeman at the right place, right time. It's a college town. It's a ski town. It's a tourist town. Um, you know, we're growing faster than any city of its size. So, you know, from the financial standpoint, like any, anybody that has an up and coming or new small business or any business would love to be in this town. And then because of all those things, you know, it's a, it's a progressive town as well. And so the mission of Red Tractor is kind of aligns with the mission of all the young families that are here and just outdoor minded, fit and healthy. And so that crosses over into the, the local eating and no chemicals, no GMOs, all that good stuff. It's good stuff indeed. And it's been a local hit. This January marks the fifth anniversary of Red Tractor Pizza. So I'd like to wish the restaurant a happy birthday and congratulate Adam and Tiffany on creating a successful venture that arose from a job interview and opened in seven days. If this interview has left you hungry for a slice of pizza, pay the restaurant a visit on the corner of 10th and Main. You can't miss it. Just look for the little red tractor parked out front. I would like to thank the city of Bozeman particularly the Public Library and Office of Economic Development, for giving me the opportunity to create this podcast. Additional thanks to Montana Campus Compact and to Gallatin Valley Community Radio for broadcasting the show. Tune your radios to KGVM 95.9 and give them a listen. Original music was provided by the benevolent Jeffrey Lackman, a friend. Feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear how you think we can make this better. 
Subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And if you're an entrepreneur in the city of Bozeman, or you know an entrepreneur in these parts, let me know. Maybe your story can be the next retail. I can be contacted by email at vista at bozeman.net. That's V-I-S-T-A at bozeman.net.